0: All right, Bismillah, Assalamu Alaikum, guys, and welcome to episode number five of our Omapreneur Live podcast. This episode is taking place on the third day of Eid, guys. So I just want to give a special shout out and thank you to Cordila for taking the time out of her day, out of seeing friends and family to actually share her knowledge with us. Alhamdulillah. Thank you, Cordila, for being here. And to just introduce her really quickly, Cordila is an author, a speaker, and a emotions transformation strategist. Now, what that means exactly is she really helps female leaders and entrepreneurs tap into their darkest emotions and their emotional self and use that leverage it know how to get in tune with it to actually find success in their business in their personal life in their fitness in their physical body and so much more now I won't spoil this live for you so I'll let her explain herself and answer these questions but before we do I just want to say welcome Cordelia thank you for being on this podcast and taking the time to be with us today
1: thank you so much Avi I'm very pleased to be here. And actually, it's a pleasure. So I am hanging out today for eight, but like just my virtual family. That's what's up. (laughs)
0: Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. That's awesome. Exactly. And we get to be with the audience here today. And you'll get to see that this is an amazing audience. And these are amazing people that are always with us. Alhamdulillah. So before we dive into the nitty gritty and we dive into these questions that everyone wants to hear, I want to get to know a little bit about you, Cordila, because the thing is, you are a mother of six now i come from a family of six children as well i've seen my mother raise us i've seen what she has to go through and it's not easy and you're still able to be an entrepreneur take the time to get on these lives and do your thing and so i just want to ask how do you do this and and was it always this way or did you have a job before and then did you become an entrepreneur how did you go about you know managing yourself managing your time to be able to do this
1: Yeah, those are all really great questions, and I'm, I'm glad that you have an, a unique perspective um, with the whole dynamic of six children in a home. So yeah, once upon a time, actually, I started out in corporate, and that's when we had our first two kids. And um, so I guess it was right around the time, it was about 16 years ago when when we were expecting the third that I left corporate and um, I went from I transitioned from being a work outside of the home mom to a, a stay at home mom, and I thought, oh, this is so nice. And <clears throat> you know, why not just um, since I'm home and my my older two were like four and two, you know, I was thinking I'll just start homeschooling. And it's cool and cute when they're four and two, right? Because like right. I'm really homeschooling one kid, really. <laughs> Um, but the great thing about that was in that transition, I also joined um, like the local Umi and me at the masjid here. And um, I, you know, I started out just offering time management workshops okay. at the Umi and me and um, doing different things like that. And so over time, like what I was practicing at home. I shared and you know, like as Muslims, right? It's like, uh, that's that's really uh, up, something that we're encouraged to do, like as you learn to teach somebody else. So that, and that's just been what I've been doing for 16 years. So it wasn't much of a leap as I continued to have more children to keep doing that because right, more children than I have to, you know, we had co-ops and Girl Scout troops and Boy Scout troops and all the things. And somewhere around the fifth child, I was like, okay, I really can't deal with this anymore. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Like, I really, like, my self-nurturing practices needed a little upgrade. And so um, I got back to writing, which is something that I've always enjoyed. But it was not a public kind of writing. So I started a blog back in 2010. And um, just to help me to keep up with the pace of everything that mothering is, um, I did a lot of research about, um, what is it, stress management, um, parenting, how the child's brain develops, and um, emotional stability for children, and, and how to, you know, raise your kids with compassion, and all those things I took from the the studies of uh, Tarabia, I took from, you know, wow. of course, the whole Brain Child and all those kind of stories, those kind of books, and then the I forgot his name. It was Michael Gerard, who writes okay. specifically about boys, raising boys, because um, I have two sons and four daughters. Well, I had three daughters at that time. Wow. And um, just integrating all that stuff and wanting to, again, learn, process, use, teach. So then I sought to write not only on my own blog, but for uh, online magazines. And here locally, I forgot the name of the... Yeah, there's a local Muslim newspaper, and I used to write articles in there, um, but I, that's when I started making these online overseas connections, and the online parenting magazine I wrote for was actually in the UK. So um, after keeping that blog for like five years, I decided, I wonder if I have enough for a book, because everyone had always told me, write a book, write a book, and so I was like, okay. And so I had enough for a book, and um, that was five years ago after having my sixth child, and, and that's, you know, how I got to where I am now, you know, wow. so it was like, so like, subhanAllah, not even planned, you know, I just really was like, okay, well, I'll write this book, and I'll just do something different, uh, you know, I had a relationship with several local area masajid, and I, I was like, can I do workshops for sisters, and I just wanted them to use the information, so...
0: So you honestly had a journey where you it sounds like you you kind of like were slowly led to where you are today. Or it was a journey, of course, of different paths that you took and each step slowly led to where you are today. And it was a progressive journey it started with journalism and with doing workshops to bring you here. Now, a question for you that I have is. Now that you are here, let's say we have other moms that have maybe two or three kids and they can't find the time to get on a live because they're just like, oh, my God, there's so much. How do you handle that? Do you tell your children, OK, listen, this is me time from nine to five and don't bother me. They'll come running into the room. Or how, do, how does that work exactly? I'm just curious to know. And I'm sure other people are as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question no i have agreement agreements with my kids and um so they know my schedule the day before and they're like so mom what are you doing tomorrow and i'm like well you know i have some interviews um i have a coaching session and these are the times that we're going to spend together Mm -hmm. so they record in their mind that okay from 8 to 10 we get to hang out with mom um and then, you know, she has a break, right? I always have break at the prayer times and we have a specific lunch time. right? And so they know um, when to see me now. That doesn't mean that I don't get interrupted. Um, <laughs> so uh, like my youngest, she'll always pop in. Maybe not now because she literally came in right before we, you know, I came into the streamyard room and she was like, mom, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay. You know, I have an interview right now. Do we have an agreement that you're not going to come back? And she's like, yes. I said, okay. But you know, we had an agreement yesterday before my um, boot camp. I'm doing my five-day boot camp this year or this year, this week. And uh, and we had an agreement, but she came in anyway, like 10 Mm -hmm. or 15 minutes in. And so um, to negotiate for popsicles, that's the best. (laughs) And I was like, look, um you you know the deal you know and she was like okay and then she says but i just needed to give you a hug and i was like okay so then i just how
0: can you say no to that i mean i'm like
1: all right you know what you're right i i needed to be loved up i was a little nervous thank you and so then i said do we have an agreement you won't come back and so we shook hands and she left yeah
0: amazing so you plan in advance and you let them know listen this is the time where i will be focused on work and this is the time where i will be spending with you which is i find even if you don't have children whether even if it's just you and someone else you're married or even if you're alone and i always talk about this with my students in our coaching program the importance of scheduling your day the night before the importance of knowing exactly what you're doing when you wake up do you think that has a big impact on your productivity and on your ability to achieve what you set out to achieve on on a certain day
1: Absolutely. And energetically, just to give it like another level up, I know like who I am and how I show up on certain days of the week. Like Mondays, generally, I don't do interviews because that's not a peopling day for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Tuesdays, I'm really good at it. You know, um, Thursdays, I show up pretty well. Fridays, not so much. So just knowing your energy levels and how you are certain days of the week. Uh, Wednesday is a day I like to do more. like my one-on-one coaching and uh, my my one-on-one coaching, meaning like I'm being coached, right? Wow, okay. That's my receiving day. Um, so like hump day, most people don't look forward to it. I look forward to it because like I'm getting poured into. Um, so I, I have to, you know, I, I schedule my life like that. My, my days, they have themes.
0: You mentioned an interesting word right now. You mentioned receiving day. Uh, and, and you mentioned also an interesting way to phrase that earlier, which says, I'm getting poured into. And this is a very interesting metaphor and analogy that I haven't heard before. So can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Is Do you mean that, because again, we're coaches, we're entrepreneurs, we're so focused on giving. Is it also important at any level that you are to maybe also receive and is do you get to a point where you need to, where you can stop receiving? And you can just focus on giving. Does that ever happen? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, what human can do that? I don't know. Is is there a human that can do that? I I can't. Like, I mean, even before I started coaching, I had a practice of at the end of every hour. And now this is something I recommend for my my clients that I just need to take like five to ten minutes and just be with myself. You know. Mm-hmm. So like back in the beginning with two kids, it was like. I would hide out in the bathroom, but now I but eventually I became very open and honest about it. I'm like, look, it's mommy's time. So now, like sometimes if the end of the hour will approach and I didn't take time to myself, or I turn it a little bit into monster mom, my kids are like, Mommy, do you need some alone time? I'm gonna close the door, you know? And they just <laughs> put me in my room. So yeah, it wow. it's it's so necessary.
0: That's amazing. And what do you, someone at your level, someone that's helping other people in terms of transforming their darkest emotions, what does your receiving day look like? I'm curious. I just want to know, what does that look like? And maybe we can get inspired by that and get an idea of what we can do to fill our own cup, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It really depends. Like I said, it depends on what I need that day. So what have I done today? Okay. So today, you know, I always start out by moving into my body, like movement is really important to me. Mm-hmm. I think most people are kinesthetic, whether or not they realize it. We're always taught to sit and meditate and like good luck with that. But I, I have to like move and meditate, you know? Right. So um yeah I I tend to uh not just exercise, but I, I would say like dance, like a, a full on so I, I do a blend of eccentrics and African dance. I don't. I don't have okay. a name for it, and I should probably trademark it and all that. But that's <laughs> that's kind of what I do, and it's uh, eccentrics is actually a methodology that was founded by Miranda Esmond White, who's from Quebec, actually. Okay. And um, yeah, <laughs> so I've been practicing that for I don't know, like fifteen years, and it's really she designed it so that you can actually heal your muscles and activate your mitochondria, right? So that's like the powerhouse of all your cells. And interestingly enough, it just happens to correlate to what I do with emotions, because uh, your emotions um, are in all of our cells. And we don't, I don't think people realize that. I mean, there are just different energy centers for different types of emotions um, within our body, not just within our brain. But to do the moving meditation actually allows for you to detoxify your joints where we happen to hold a lot of our negative energy. And she talks about this um, Mm. as she's going through, she's like, okay, and now just twist your arm and you're going to, you know, uh, what does she say? You're going to get your free radicals out. And really what that is is all the toxins for all the yucky things you've been experiencing today. She like literally says that. And so um, that's, a really major part of what I do when I pour into myself. Another thing is, um, I guess just today, that's all I've done, but yeah.
0: So I want to, I want to touch on that a little bit and it's actually something that I've been getting into a lot more. I don't know if you ever heard about a concept called bioenergetics. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's something that relates, I think, to what you're saying. And it's an interesting concept and it's, if you want to get out of your mind, you want to get into your body. Right. And I think it's such a key thing. And you mentioned also something interesting that when you meditate, a lot of people think meditation is just, as you mentioned, sitting down and kind of emptying your thoughts and emptying your mind and being still. But it can also take the form of activity and exercise. Right. Like I'm sure a lot of people have felt that before, whether they went out for a jog or whether they went to the gym or to the weight room. You get to a point, you get into a state where all you can focus on is, you know, lifting that weight, pushing yourself to run that extra half mile, whatever it is that you're doing you get to a point where your body is so focused on that task because it's draining so much energy. And all you can do is focus on taking that next step. And I, one of the biggest reasons why I love going to the gym in the morning before I start my day is for that, because I wake up and I have a million and one things on my mind. And I'm sure we all do as well as entrepreneurs. I mean, you wake up and it's like, okay, I have to do this thing. I have to get accomplished this task. And how do I, how do I release this new product or this new service? How do I get more clients? And To take a break from that, a lot of times you're going to try to sit down and meditate and it's not going to work because your brain is just like completely filled. And so the best way exactly is just get into your body, guys, go and go for a run, do some exercise. I think dancing is an amazing thing and it's it can be done again. We might think, oh, but dancing in Islam again, we're not saying go ahead and put yourself on live and dance in front of people go inside of a room and dance and exercise by yourself. And there's completely nothing wrong with that. You're moving your body, you're releasing endorphins and you're releasing sweat, and that's just getting you into your body and getting you out of your mind. And I think it's so powerful. So I'm really happy that you mentioned that. And I think it's a really advanced method um, and I'm happy that we mentioned it. So in the same vein, Cordelia, how did you get to a point where you are now helping people tap into their emotions and use them for better, right? And you talk about tapping into your darkest emotions. What does that even mean? And does that also relate to what we're talking about now, bioenergetics and getting into your body? Or is that, do you separate the two? I'm curious.
1: No, it's one and the same. I mean, it's okay. so like for my replenish me process, right? That's the first step is release restructure, refresh, rebirth. So release is what we're talking about right now, right? Just getting into your body, out of your head, Mm
0: -hmm. separating
1: from what's expected and accepted. And, And actually this concept, you know, so what I didn't mention in my story is after I had my second child, I had a bout with postpartum depression. And, you know, I, new mom, new wife, new muslim right so i was just like well muslims are not supposed to be depressed so i'm shaming myself Mm -hmm. right oh okay and you know as a mother i'm supposed to connect with my kids and you know oh my god i loved my daughter but i don't love my son what's wrong with me and i was like going to my doctor because that's what you do because they know everything and my doctor was like it's okay darling i'll give you some antidepressants i was like what what i don't need drugs (laughs) right so (laughs) I was like, okay, let's just see what we can do about this. So I um, ended up doing a couple of things. And that time I was listening um, to uh, Purification of the Heart by Hamza Yusuf.
0: Oh, I love that series. Yes.
1: Yeah, I could like like verbatim recite it to you.
0: (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. I completely agree. Yeah, I love that series.
1: So, yeah, that's how I found out about Tasawwuf and Imam Ghazali. And then that led me to uh, Dr. Ahmad Sakar, who writes about, book. he has his book of healing. He has a lot of books. But in the book of healing, you know, he connects the dots between, um, like, the elements of Tasawwuf and how to actually heal the body as a Muslim, right? Yeah. And heal your mind. And it's all through your heart. Now, I took me. I got over the postpartum depression part, but the part that I, really struck me was the number one recommendation was, um, you're, you know, an ungrateful heart is depressed. And I was like, I took issue with that, right? Mm. So I was like, I'm not ungrateful. <laughs> so like for five years, I'm like trying to better like overcome my ego to really grasp the concept of gratitude. And ultimately that's what squeezed out the darkness. And even now um, when I have really difficult things that I go through, I, I um, get into the the gratitude practices and, and actually a lot of uh, what else was I reading? Right. So I've read like so many books. I'm trying to remember all of them. But anyway, the, the main thing is like a lot of the things that you'll read in um, Tasawwuf is all about um, how Allah has gifted us with emotions, because yep. it's the bridge between our physical self and our spiritual self. And um, those more negative emotions like anger and sadness, frustration. These are gifts, so that we can um, be closer to Allah and build our character. So it only just seems like a a natural thing to do, and it's funny because all the all these years like when I first started, like even my first book is called Workout Around My Day, the only health guide that moms need. So I was coming from a wellness, like a physical wellness perspective. But as I started working with women, it was very clear that it's an emotional issue. That's the barrier between their physical wellness. So then I was like, forget that. We'll just start with the emotions. And um, of course, you know, because I overcame postpartum depression, mostly with the way I changed my eating, Um, I I can't separate that from nutrition or clearly movement because we've already talked about that piece. So.
0: So before we dive into your your three steps to replenish and really break them out, uh, break them apart, and I say dissect them because I'd love to do that with the audience and everyone that's watching today. Um, I want to ask, did the have or the knowledge, and you mentioned about reading about Imam Ghazali, watching Purification of the Heart by Hamza Yusuf, which are all amazing resources. I personally am a huge fan of Imam al-Ghazali, and honestly, I have read his life story completely cover to cover. I try to read all of his works, and all of his books, and he is just one of the people I admire the most in terms of uh, Muslim scholars. Um, Before his ability and his angle of approaching islam from a really holistic perspective as you're mentioning a lot of people might think tasawuf does that mean sufism and sufism oh that's bid'an that's that and so we're not going to dive into that but what i'm going to tell you right now for everyone watching tasawuf is really just the spirituality the spiritual aspect of islam and it's really the connectedness with God and the connectedness with the Prophet, and getting in tune with that spiritual, that sweetness of faith that you want to taste when you perform ibadah, when you pray, etc. Right? Because it's not just about prayer, it's not just about. You know, fasting and and doing these actions, but it's also these actions are a means to an end. What is the end? The end is actually that spiritual connection with God, and that's why God created us and put us on this earth. It's to connect with him and know him, and we can only know him through performing actions that the Prophet ﷺ has recommended that will bring us closer to him, which is prayer, fast, and all sorts of ibadah. Now, now that i've cleared it up so that people don't come come out of the woodworks and think we're we're trying to spread uh, something here um so unfortunately because it is it is it is what some people do i know yeah so now that i've cleared this up do you, do you think the soul has an impact on what what you do with your clients and and the work that you do in terms of tapping into your emotions do you think the resources that you've read and the books that you've read and even maybe some of the knowledge from Imam al-Ghazali has that impacted what you do in your business and how you help people?
1: Yeah, I, I would say 100%. I mean, but also on the other end of that, I mean, I, I also read uh, contemporary research and I know like everyone's talking about Dr. Bruce Lipton and what is his name? Joe Dispenza and and all those kind of things. But I'm going to tell you what, if I had to compare what they talk about to the actual scientists and doctors, like they're One thing we know is a lot of women are overlooked in, you know, science. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, a woman that I really lean on a lot of her research is Dr. Candace Pert, who actually was born Jewish, but in the end, she just what she found out some things in her laboratory at Johns Hopkins that led her to spirituality, and Mm -hmm. she like almost verbatim like mirrors what I read in in Dr. Ahmad Sakhar's book of healing and she breaks it down chemically. So she's found the peptide chain, which is a law, right? She yeah. found the peptide chain for our um uh what do you call those uh, opiate receptors and she's you know she says things like we are designed for bliss that is de- that is exactly a sentence in the book of healing um, in the chapter on a, I always call it the physiology of prayer, but he, I mean, he does break down what happens in the body when you pray and you know, why we need to ground. So like Muslims are cool with, Oh, I'm going to go to yoga class and you know um, and I have to go outside and ground. Well, guess what? We ground five times a day.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, We, you know, we neutralize those electronical those electric charges and our brains and the the seven points of our joints and and when we do that we're actually releasing the negative energy and right. so when they when uh, we're taught right to have um khushu in prayer it's really just being intentional in your movements so that you're making you're, you're in the positions for the natural scientific processes to happen that need to happen at those times of the day because your body actually is begging for it so like when you're cranky or um, when you can't focus it probably means that you need to pray and that's something that i've noticed so that's the long answer but yes
0: 100 <laughs> percent. and, and a, a lot of people under this is the purpose of it right it's again it's not just when we talk about the purpose behind it it's not a mechanical action it's not going and and, and and moving up and down. It's not meant to be exercise, even though it kind of is, and it's great for you. Um, it's meant to actually do something more and do something deeper and allow you to take a break from the hustle and bustle of life and ground yourself and reconnect with the one, the almighty. Now, Cordelia, let's dive into your three steps to replenish. Okay. And I want to learn more about that. You mentioned release. You mentioned that physiology and bioenergetics are part of that process, getting into your body and outside of your mind. What are the other steps? And can you just give us a little bit of an overview? I don't want you to reveal all of your secrets, but anything that can help the audience and maybe take, let them take that first step into tapping into their emotions that we need to all do right now.
1: Yeah. Actually, you'd have to coach with me for years to get all my secrets. First of all, <laughs> to be clear. Of <laughs> it's course. Pretty, it's kind of deep. Um, but um So really it's all about reprogramming the, the autopilot that's happening in our, in our body Mm -hmm. um, and our subconscious. So there's the release. We talked about that pretty much. So step two is restructure, which is all about the habits and just um, it's, it's a little bit deeper than replacing uh, your not desirable habits with better habits. It's, Just looking at the things from the perspective of what are your personal values separate from what you've been told your values are and then honoring them, having that self-discipline within yourself um, so that when we get to step three, which is refresh, we can um, enforce other people honoring our values as well. So in the restructure, I, I take a little piece of that and do this five day boot camp um, okay. to replenish and boost your immune system. And we look at the way you're sleeping, the way you're thinking, eating, moving and dealing with your emotions. Refresh is now. What are the barriers in your life? Who are the barriers in your life specifically? Um, and are you allowing people to steamroll your values and dishonor what you stand for? Or are you um, just saying, look, you're a barrier to my progress, goodbye. You know. Mm. So that's what the refresh is about. And then rebirth is more about standing in your complete truth and how you show up in the world and in complete um, self-trust.
0: So you're mentioning something amazing and I, and I love it here. And- you're mentioning that this whole process and, and, and what you take people through, there's there's different phases to it. Again, there's step release. And then you have a step where it's also acknowledging, are there outside sources that are still in your life that could possibly be weighing you down? And that's something that I feel every person should look at. Because again, we are taught that you know we want to be kind to everyone else. We want to show the best of us. But at the same time, I also think it's important to know, you know, is, is this a, a beneficial relationship to have in my life or is it not? And there's a hadith by the Prophet ﷺ when where he says, and don't quote me word for word on it because I don't have it memorized, but it's something along the lines of that a good friend um, is like a perfume seller, right? And if you spend time with him, you will leave with the scent of perfume on your clothes. And a bad friend or bad company is like a coal worker or a blacksmith. And and you might just leave with a bad scent or have stains on your clothes from being with them. And so it's even the Prophet mentions that. So there is the balance of having the best of character, knowing that we need to deal with people in the most kind of ways and in the best of ways, but at the same time also acknowledging that in that step, in, in these steps that you mentioned of, of getting in tune with your emotions and then you leveraging them for success, there is a part where you need you need to understand what is my environment. And is there anything in that environment that could also be impacting me negatively? You also talk about something that I wanna dive into Cordelia, and it's, you mentioned something about events that might've happened to you when you were five years old or younger and how they might be impacting you today. What is that exactly? Can we can we explore that a little bit more? Do you mean that things that we might've experienced in our childhood could have effects that are long lasting and that could be affecting my behavior today towards others? And if, if so, how do I even find that out? How do I recall that? Because I don't even remember what I was doing when I was five. So how, where do I even start?
1: Yeah, we, we don't remember that. A couple of reasons because, you know, it becomes, it's, it's a muscle memory. It's a sensory memory. And then more on the, I, I guess, closer to a conscious level, it becomes our programming. So now, like, a lot of our negative self-talk is not even our own talk. Like, we don't believe that. It's just something that was repeated so many times that we're just like, oh, you know, I'm stupid. Oh, I'm dumb. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, you know, I'm not supposed to do that because, you know, but if you just sit with that for a minute and you pause and you're just like, wait a minute, what does that even mean? Like, where did that come from? And you may not immediately remember who it was that said it or what circumstance happened, but now it's living within you. And um, this is why getting into your body is so important because like I said, it's a muscle memory and it's a sensory memory. And the only way to bring that up is to move those muscles and to um, not, I'm not encouraging to recreate the memory but it does happen. I mean, a a lot of times in my workshops and coaching like people express themselves. and, And actually one thing I really enjoy about my workshops I don't do it so much on Zoom, but like when we're together we scream And it's really freeing. (laughs) Um, And and that scream, like the the thing that people don't realize a lot, you know, we're always told journal and, you know, things don't have words. They don't, they just don't. Um, I mean, even me, sometimes I just go out on, you know, trails hiking. I love hiking and I scream because sometimes I just don't have words and it's okay. And, 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 like I had a sensory memory the other day and I was like, wow, when did that happen? And like, I could remember, I I felt all the things and the environment, but I couldn't actually see the faces, but I was hearing the words, you know what I mean? And I was like, Oh, I didn't even know I still had that belief, you know? And, and I had to release that. I was like, that's kind of deep. So the, this is what I'm talking about. It's, it's like, um, Yes, we don't know it's there, um, but it's living in our body anyway. But we have to be open, you know.
0: How do you? How do you like? You, you mentioned that you had a sensory memory and, and feelings came over you, but you can remember the faces. How do you pinpoint that? How do I know? Like, okay, this is a moment where I could be having a memory like this. I don't even know what that's supposed to feel like.
1: Okay, so if I were to describe it, it w- it's um, this really intense what like i felt mostly in my heart space i felt a tension in like my shoulders um i felt an input impulse to like get up and go away um and yeah so these are different energy centers so heart is like um it can be one of two things either you feel um like you feel intense like love, or if it's the opposite of that, that would be abandonment, right? Um, Shoulders, usually it's not necessarily something that was yours. It may have been, um, like I I got the feeling I was in a gathering that was something for my parents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it was like, it was not my energy, just knowing the fact that I felt it in my shoulders and the, the impulse to leave so like our legs are more related to like um pride ego grief um and so this would be you know an embarrassment you know what i mean so when you and it's it happens just like that you know it's just like in a split second how do you
0: how how do you actually like when you feel that what do you do? What, what is a proper response to that? Because yeah, sometimes I get these little random, I would, I would, I can feel anxious just at random. Right. And what do I do in that scenario? Is there, is there something that I should be doing that you recommend? I, I'd love to know.
1: Yeah. So that, that's a great way to put it. The normal person that's not self-aware would recognize this as maybe anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Cause again, you'll feel it in your stomach, like an intense, stomach pain, this is like passion, fear, anger. Um, in that moment, and in all moments like of intensity, I always suggest to lean into it and pause with it, right? Sometimes you can't immediately breathe, but as you're letting yourself feel it, there's a, even a hadith about, well, the hadith is actually about anger, but change your position. So if you're sitting, stand up. If you're standing, sit down. You know, If you're You know, you can lay down, or well, you may can't always lay down, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Just change your position some kind of way. Um, In my case, I just stood up and I moved my legs a little bit because it helps with grounding um, in a different way and in the in a form of stability. Um, And know that it's okay because your emotions they only last ninety seconds, Um, at most three minutes, but even so, like if it's lasting up to three minutes, you you can just breathe into it and lean into it. And wherever you're starting to feel tingling or intensity, just that's when you when you start to feel that intensity, that's when you start. <sighs> Send it love, you know, breathe into that and and let the breath come out loud in your
0: mouth, you know. And you mentioned something interesting. And I want to I want to talk about it because it's something I discovered recently and it's, I'm really happy about where this, this live is going and this episode, because we're talking about things that I personally am kind of learning about. So talking to you, I get to kind of bounce off of you and get your feedback, which is awesome. Throwing temper tantrums as an adult. Okay. I've learned about that recently and I've actually, I've tried it. I won't lie. I've tried it and it's like, it's mind-blowingly therapeutic. Like, guys, I, I don't know how to tell you how effective throwing a temper tantrum as an adult is to release emotions. And I'm not, I'm not talking about, guys... When I say this, it doesn't mean throwing it on someone else. You have to be careful here. I'm not talking about throwing it on someone else. There's a very clear distinction here because throwing it on someone else means you're throwing all that emotion on someone else, and that's not fair to the other person at all and it's not something you should be doing. So just like Cordelia said, we know you can't just yell in your house or your room, most likely. Uh, and You're going to have the cops uh, called on you by your neighbors. Um, One place that I did it, so... I've been learning about this. I've been learning about bioenergetics, about you know just the power of, of of yelling and screaming because we have all these emotions that are building up inside of us, and and that gets stuck right here. They get stuck in our throat uh, and in this area, and so they get stuck in our chest, and it causes all this tension that you're talking about, right? And so a lot of times as adults, we just think like we should just swallow it and keep it down, and that's honestly what I believed for the last over 20 years. I don't want to reveal my age, guys. I'll keep that a mystery. Uh, but um, that's how I thought I should live my life as, as a man, especially as men. We are always told that we should not be emotional. We should never shed a tear. We should never show emotions. We should be this hardcore you know, rock foundation for our family and the people around us. And we should never falter. And I think that is a very toxic belief to have. Um, I think that Every single person needs to take some time out, just like Cordelia is saying, and needs to either go on a hike, go in their car, or go somewhere where you know you have the freedom to yell and just let it out. Just shout and yell and let all that frustration out, and you are going to be surprised. You are the last time I did this, and I'm going to share this on this live. uh, And I don't want to ramble for too long because I want you to be the uh, the. I want the spotlight to be on you here. But the last time I did this in my car, I got super emotional for no reason. Like yeah. I just started yelling and all of a sudden I just felt like this burst of energy exploding out of me. And I'm like, wow, and how how was that, all of that inside of me? And I almost, <laughs> and I started like tearing up. It was crazy, subhanAllah. And really the effectiveness of that, of just being, letting these emotions out. Cause when you were children, uh, and again, I won't talk for too long here, but when we are kids, it's like every, everything we feel we immediately release, yeah. immediately, instantly. Like when you look at a children, you look at toddlers, you look at babies. The second they feel something, the second they're crying or they're they're yelling or they're happy, they'll show you. They'll make sure you know about it. They'll make sure if they're having fun, they're yelling ah, for no reason, right? <laughs> if they're if they're mad, they're gonna yell. If they're if if they're if they're sad, they're gonna cry instantly. But whereas as adults, we're sad, we bottle that up inside immediately, we don't show it, we don't even acknowledge it most of the time. If we're angry, if we're mad, if we're if we're happy, we even, which is really sad, I spend so much time with people that we, like, I have a lot of guy friends, obviously myself being a guy, and when we go out and we have a good time, it's like a, a, a taboo thing to like show that you're too happy about it. It's like, oh yeah, yeah it was good, it was great. Like, you know, you don't, like we don't show, no, this was awesome. Like, that level of excitement is like, you shouldn't show that as a man which is i feel very sad because number one you're not in you're not making the most of life you're not letting these emotions be released and eventually you're gonna have so much bottled up inside that you're just gonna be kind of like yeah. um, a soda can that's been shaked up and you're waiting to <laughs> once the bottle comes off that's it it's gonna explode and most of the time what happens is it explodes on other people um and they whether it's your spouse whether it's your children they're gonna get the um the short end of the stick as they say so uh just a quick tip guys I think what Cordelia is saying here is super powerful the power of screaming yelling releasing these emotions and I'll even add to that throwing a temper tantrum like go and go into your car and just like bang on the seats and 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 release and flail and do what you need to do you mentioned dancing dancing is a great way what are some other ways I mean just what do you think about what I'm saying here is it too much to throw a temper tantrum would you agree with this
1: no, that's totally awesome. Thank you for sharing all that. I mean, like what you said when you bottle it up, yeah, I call that emotional splatter mm-hmm. when you uh, throw it out on people that don't deserve it. And uh, and actually, yeah, for all the books I've read and all the things, quite honestly, a lot of the, the things that I do in my workshops I got from the beautiful thing of watching my little kids. Like my five-year-old, I talk about her all the time. She's like my major, well, she's six, I'm sorry. She's major <laughs> inspiration in life. You know, she's just like, if she feels something, she just throws herself on the ground. I'm like, yeah. So like one day when I think she was two, I did that. I just, I was like, that's a good idea. So I rolled around on the floor with her and she laughed at me, of course, right? But I was like, oh man, this is why you do this. This is the light, you know, I was of like, yeah, let's, let's get into it. So like sometimes if I'm having a rough day on my breaks in between appointments and stuff, yeah, I'll roll down on the floor with my kids and we'll throw stuff and we won't pick it up because like, who's going to clean up? No one's the adult, you know? Um, and we roll down the hills like when we, um, my one of my kids still plays soccer. I had so many soccer players. Oh my god! Anyway, don't <laughs> get started. I'm I'm no longer a soccer mom because there's no soccer <laughs> But anyway, so what I would do during practices is while all the other moms were blah blah blah, I would go and roll down the hills with my little girls.
0: So yeah, amazing. And and yeah, completely. I mean. It's funny because i discovered that recently while i was diving more into bioenergetics and releasing emotions and it's just so powerful it's so powerful and it really helps you um dramatically uh, and and again i i started with that whole journey of going to the gym and getting into my body and out of my mind and it just kind of progressed into wanting to learn more because it was so effective so there's a lot being shared here and it's all extremely powerful Cordelia, i have a few more questions for you before we dive into the Q&A portion of this, of this episode. And guys, just to let you know, we are going to be having a Q&A as usual with every episode with our guests today with Cordelia. So if you have any questions about mastering your emotions, about throwing temper tantrums, <laughs> if you wanna put her on the spot right now, go ahead and ask your questions in the comments, inshallah, and I'll make sure to go through all of them for you. And for all those who already dropped questions, thank you so much. They will be answered in the Q&A, so stay tuned. So. Before we dive into the Q&A, I have a few more questions for you. One of the last ones is you mentioned, uh, and we touched upon that a little bit, but I'd just like to dive into it a little bit more. And you mentioned that you help people lean into their darkest emotions. What does that mean, lean into your darkest emotions? And a lot of people might think you should actually stay away from that and, and find a way to kind of separate yourself from it. But you mentioned lean into that. What does that mean exactly? And, and what does that process look like?
1: Yeah, so leaning into the emotions, I guess we have a visitor. <laughs> no
0: worries. You can actually even she can say hi to the audience. It's all good.
1: Do you want to say hi?
0: Ah, oh, yes. Let's let's see it. Let's see it. Hello. <laughs> That's a I love it. Mashallah. Who is so who who's visited us today? Who is this? Who's this one?
1: This
0: is this is Arlene. She's Arlene. Mashallah.
1: Mashallah. Do you want to? Do you really want to get up here? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right.
0: Hello, Arlene. So we have an extra guest for you all on this live today in this podcast, never seen before. Arlene featured. <laughs> I love her Mashallah, she's beautiful. And seeing the love that she has for you is amazing. Cordelia, may Allah bless her and preserve her for you. Um,
1: okay. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> did you want to say hello, or you have a request for mommy? <laughs> Yes, tell me. I wanted to have a popsicle to Uh cool me down.
0: Oh, she's she's (laughs) negotiating. That's it.
1: Popsicle to cool you down. Okay, Mm -hmm. all right. Can you get one also for Mm Muniba? Okay. And do we agree that you won't come back? Mm -hmm. Okay. Can we shake on it? All right. Thank you. All right. That was
0: that was. (laughs) I just want to say for all the moms out there. Like you just had a crash course on how to deal with that situation, by the way. So I just I hope you're all watching right now because that was amazing, beautifully executed. And mashallah, may Allah preserve her and all of your children for you, Kordila. They look beautiful. They look sweet. They look like they love you immensely, which is just a testament to you as a mother. mother. So that's amazing. Mashallah, may Allah preserve them for you.
1: I mean, alhamdulillah. So leaning into the emotions is, you know, I guess it's it's kind of like that. And instead of, you know, I could have been, like, freaking out. But it's just, like, as it comes to you, just be with it. Mm. Um, And don't name it, judge it, categorize it. And, um, you know, this is something that I had kind of, I'm coming back to it. I used to encourage people to, to talk about it but really it's not beneficial for you or for the person who has to listen you know and this flies in the face of like talk therapy there's really no benefit cuz you know it's that energy is coming out again whatever that experience was especially yeah. because a lot of times I'm I work with women that have had really traumatic experiences that they may have forgotten and when they do remember it it's just like you know they attach Categories to it, right? They shame it, guilt it, whatever, judge it, and so to to protect you, your heart, and your um, self perception, I highly recommend that, like, when you're feeling into it, just be with it without naming it, and then you know, trickle, let it trickle down, and you know, feel into your body whatever that looks like for women. Yeah probably to some extent for men too. um, We trap a lot of our uh, repression in our hip area. So like moving, you know, your hips and just being free with that. And I know that's like totally taboo for all of us, which is kind of funny because like most Muslim countries are like where all the cool dances come from, which require us moving our hips. But anyway, that's a whole different show. So, um, and then- If you need to speak on it, it would be in using words of Mm self-forgiveness. I forgive you for not allowing, or I forgive me for not allowing myself to feel this before. And I promise to feel all of my emotions thoroughly. So that's the... Um, that's the self-forgiveness which again is a different vocabulary than we're used to right because it's like oh I forgive you you know whatever it's not like that it's like I forgive you for not uh, allowing yourself to to be with yourself and to hold yourself and the the whole perspective is you I, I use the word self-nurturing and people mistakenly correct me and call it self-care and it's not self-care it's Literally what I'm saying, right, cause my parents died before I got married and had kids. So I missed my mother always when I, as I was, I've been raising my children. Yeah. So instead of being angry that she wasn't there for me or that I had no mother and my mother-in-law lives in Bangladesh, I was like, no, Allah gave me this opportunity so that I could mother myself. So when I say self-nurturing, that's what it is—you nurture yourself, and hold yourself, and hug yourself, and and really pour in to yourself in that way.
0: And what you just showcased is really a testament to your emotional mastery and the ability to look at the situation—an unknown element, a surprise—has just you know, came happen to you during this time. I mean, again, we are so focused on planning every step in our lives and planning everything. And we even talked about, you know, planning our day the day before, but things will happen, things will happen. And we talked about mastering your emotions for success in your business and your life and your relationships. I think the ability to properly react to the unknown is what will allow you to do that. And just like you've showcased to us so powerfully today. What are, and I'll end with this and I'll ask you three more questions and we'll dive into Q&A, which is um, what are some ways that, you know, people like us who aren't so great at doing this, because what you just showcased, I probably would 100% panic and be thrown <laughs> off and be like, oh my God, uh, pause. Is there is there a pause on this thing and freak out? Um, how... How did you how did you get to that level? Is there a certain process to it, or are there some tips that you can give for people who tend to react instantly to kind of slow down and 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 really master their emotions in a way that you've just showcased right now?
1: Yeah, I I, I don't have an answer for that question. Like I get that question a lot, but I don't know. Um, I don't really know what process I went through to get there. I know that I started live streaming when she was one. So she has, you know, awakened from her naps and surprised, you know, showcased in many of my live interviews and, (laughs) you know, YouTube videos and podcasts. So, um, and I, okay. So maybe I'm just coming to maybe what the answer is, you know, at that point she was one, right? So she's a baby and, and, Like how natural is it for you to attend to your baby? And then, you know, the needs are pretty simple. And the, in that relationship and that bond grows over time. So like when I see her, I'm happy to see her actually. Um, And then I just know that she's coming to me because she needs some kind of you know, like spark plug, like an emotional refuel. Mm -hmm. And so I just, you know, at the minimum, I know that I get to give her a hug and a kiss and that'll make her happy. It'll make me feel good. And then, you know, she's of course going to negotiate for something. It's usually like chocolate or a popsicle. And I'm like, okay, whatever, man. We know that you're not supposed to have it until after lunch, but okay, that's all right. So, um, you know, yeah.
0: And and so- but that's for and I think that can be applied to most uh, most positive, I would say unknown factors. So like let's say like again, maybe in your relationship something happens, but it's unknown or your spouse maybe does something, your partner in business does something. you have to look at it just like you mentioned, which is you look at it from their perspective. and I think that your you, the answer lies in the way that you responded to me, which is, you look at it from your perspective, uh, sorry, from their perspective to understand what, what are they looking for from this interaction? And most of the time, it's not really anything bad, right? And, and it's usually out of love or out of something that is actually positive. However, of course, there are, just to play devil's advocate, there are sometimes where it could be a negative situation. It could be a competitor that's trying to attack your business, or it could be something that happened, maybe an accident, and it actually wasn't um coming from a positive uh standpoint or from a loving um and caring um standpoint and so in that situation what would be the best way to deal with that those type of situations where it's actually we're facing negative energy or maybe something that's a bit more on the dark side
1: yeah well that's easy too because you know there's what goes around comes around and what i mean when i say that is you know everything comes from a law so there's a gift in the lesson of dealing with that. And then when people think that they're taking from you, they're taking from themselves because, you know, um, this is an abundant life. This is an abundant world. And I've, I've just seen the effects of what happens, right? Someone, they want to harm you and inevitably they harm themselves. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, alhamdulillah you know it hurts it's painful but at the end of the day it's a great lesson and um you know they will get what they actually do
0: right so it's also important to remember that there is kind of like a higher power and we all know that there is something at play here and there probably is some sort of test some sort of lesson that we need to learn that we need to get out of it and it's important to understand how to overcome it in the best way and would you say that like if, if someone come, comes at us again and from a from a dark a lot of people say and there's actually that belief in christianity which is kind of like tur- turn the other cheek is that is that the best way to go about it is it to really respond in what is better and it is also a hadith from the prophet uh, we know as muslims we don't necessarily have the turn the other cheek Um, perspective, right? If somebody attacks you, then you better defend yourself. Uh, But we also know that you should respond with, with what is best. How do you, how do you balance both? Do you think regardless, it should always be with some sort of positive?
1: Okay. So in cases of extreme anger, I always like pause, right? So I take 24 to 48 hours to process stuff um, and to plan and to take appropriate action. I'm, I, I didn't mean to imply that I'm turning the other sh- cheek or anything mm-hmm. like that. Right. And the lesson is okay, so maybe I need to read up on these trademark laws. Maybe I need to um, enforce NDAs. Maybe I need to look at better ways to, to protect my intellectual property. Maybe right. I should vet, you know, I should come up with a criteria to vet my partners better. I mean, I could that could be another show because I had some interesting situations all of 2019 for that. Right. So um, but, you know, in the moment, there's no point in um, damaging your reputation, right, or making the situation worse by passing the person out although you may want to that would feel so <laughs> but you know um you can always just like scream aimlessly in their face with no words which you know legally can't really be misinterpreted I mean it it, it would be really hard to like prove <laughs> that that scream meant something right um my dad was an attorney you know so <laughs> I always think of How am I gonna incriminate myself if I if I do or say something? So I try not to do or say anything. And and so when people see me not react, I'm always thinking, what would my dad recommend? Right. Coming from a legal perspective to protect my business. And then I'm like, okay, so you know, if I just it's not gonna like do anything.
0: Um, (laughs) Slow that emotion out.
1: (laughs) But then again, you know, like why do that? You know, it's like why? Just don't. Um And then I just take my calculated you know uh action
0: so, yeah so biggest biggest takeaway pause, retreat, like like or understand it, pause, retreat, and then come back at it when you have a clear mind, right like if I were to just kind of sum up here and also yeah. for myself to be able to do this, the biggest takeaway that i that I'm probably hearing right now is don't react instantly take yeah. take, take the time to assess it, process it, and then take the time to react. When you kind of have that, again, our judgment is clouded when we have all these emotions running through, so take the time to pause retreat. And then usually you'll have a much better assessment on what you can do and how you can react to certain situations. Yes. Beautiful. Amazing. So there was so much value dropped on this podcast, Cordelia with every guest. I have three questions that I like to ask before we dive into the Q and A, which is um, coming up very soon, guys. So if any of you have any more questions for Cordelia, I think we already have at least eight or 10. So we definitely have our work cut out for us. But if you guys have more, drop them in the comments, inshallah, and we'll get to them. Cordelia, I have three for you. The first is in your business, what's the biggest challenge you had to overcome and how did you do it in terms of building this business right now, this coaching business that you have?
1: self-doubt i i really struggle with thinking that um how value is it how valuable is it what i do and um so the way i overcame that is i kept doing it <laughs> and uh so that i didn't have the doubt anymore
0: amazing and i think that's something that a lot of us will probably struggle with. And I think I struggle with to this day, and I'm sure most people struggle with, no matter at what stage they're at, there's something we call imposter syndrome, right? And so I think everyone kind of feels that at some point, And it's important to remind ourselves what we've done all the way up to here to get to where we are and also what we're trying to achieve. And I think just reminding us of that vision is one of the keys to get us there, which I, is something that I remember taking from Shaheen in a previous episode, so shout out to her. Um, <laughs> another question that I have for you is, What's the greatest lesson you've learned from being a a mother and an entrepreneur? So a mompreneur, what's the biggest lesson there?
1: Um, That mothers really are leaders. And, um, you know, one of the things that drew me to Islam is when I read that women are considered the pillars of society. And so this has been like a total proof of that.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And and we know from the Prophet ﷺ that the paradise is under your mother's feet, which is just a testament to the importance of a mother in the household. Uh, so I completely agree with you on that. And one last for you before Q&A, if you could meet Cordelia from, I would say, three, four years ago or even longer when you were just getting started, you were still writing those articles and you still were running these workshops in the masjid and you weren't really too sure where this was going. And you could tell her one thing, what would that one thing be?
1: Don't stop.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Keep going. (laughs) Powerful. And I think something that everyone needs to hear today, because a lot of people, again, they might feel like, man, this is not going where I want it to go right now. Uh, I'm not seeing the progress that I would like to see my business. I'm maybe not at the level that I'd want to be. And I think keeping it simple is the key. Don't stop. Amazing and powerful. Thank you, Cordela. So are we ready for audience Q&A? Are you ready to do this? Yes. <laughs> let's do it. All right, bismillah. So we have a few questions here and um, ooh, we got at least eight or 10 here that we're going to dive into. So inshallah, we're going to talk them once at a time. Guys, if you have more, drop them in the comments. We'll try to answer each and every single one of them. But uh, of course, if we're tight on time, then, then I'll just go ahead and, and, and run through the most important ones. But inshallah, we'll try to do them all. So let's we'll start with the first one which is uh, how do you differentiate meditation, which is what we talked about earlier, with contemplation? And I think it's a great question because we also talked about Imam Ghazali and his teachings and purification of the heart. What you think as coaches should we practice more meditation or contemplation? So what is the difference between both and which one should we practice more?
1: Um, so meditation opens up your mind and heart so that you can contemplate clearly. Um, I don't know that there is one more than the other. I think you should give space to both within your day. And maybe um, I firmly believe it depends on your personality type, but the time of day that you're, easiest to to meditate, right? It's easiest for you to meditate, spend time with that. And then the time that it's easier for you to, you know, to process and contemplate, you should spend time on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So n- it's not really about what we should practice more, but more about what is going to bring us what we feel is, is what we need in this very moment is it is contemplation as a meditation and then going with that how do we differentiate between both uh and again i have an opinion on this and i would i would think again meditation is more clearing your mind completely whereas sure. contemplation is about really focusing on a certain whether it's a name of god uh, one of the names of allah Subhanahu wa Taala, or whether it's one of the attributes um then or even if it's just gratitude and and being focused on what you what you have and what you're grateful for but you're focusing on a certain aspect on something and then just really immersing yourself in it can i get your comment on that Cordilla? what do you think about that
1: i agree so the meditation is really for the clearing ground right mm-hmm. um so like in theory that's something you should do at the beginning of the day unless you're a night person then you would do that at your end of your day so that in the morning maybe you can focus more on you know one one aspect or the other um you know i feel like spiritual practices are 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 the highest form of self-nurturing so you can't do everything in one day and i and i know like people there are people that i know that have practices that are like from 90 minutes to four hours i don't even know how you can do that but you know if you could just take like 10 minutes to meditate and then maybe 10 minutes because you know one of my dear friends from Somalia she said you know what I know you want to memorize whole Quran just take two ayat a day I was like subhanallah so that's what I would say with contemplation take two ayat a day not two ayat but you know what I mean just like 10 minutes keep it small and consistent
0: Mhm. consistency is the key and we know again from the Prophet Sallam that that God loves consistent actions no matter how small instead of large actions that you just do once and forget. Consistency <laughs> is what God loves and so it's just an amazing thing that you've recommended as well so I want to thank you for that Cordelia. We have another here. Um what is the hardest emotion to deal with? Should we address it at The very moment we feel it, or should we allow it to dwell a bit for proper processing in our brains? We touched upon that earlier, so I think we can answer that fairly quickly, but what are your thoughts on it?
1: It depends on who you are. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. sadness is hard for people. Sometimes anger is hard for people. Again, that's a personality type question, I think. Um, And then address it in the moment. Address it in the moment is kind of different from leaning into it allow the emotion to come through. But like I I always say, it doesn't always have words. So the processing is gonna come later. Quite often my difficult emotions, it takes me another two, three days before I get the clarity of what is the lesson there.
0: Right hundred percent. And we talked about that earlier, the importance of just taking the time you need to assess it. Right. So whatever time it is that you need for yourself, it's not going to be a global answer or universal answer. Just like we're dealing Some people might struggle with sadness. Some people, it might be anger. Some people it might be anxiety. It might be the feeling of stress or anxiety. So whatever it is for you, you probably know it inside of you and take the time you need until you feel like you're ready. You're ready to answer it. And then that's whatever time it could be, whether it's a day or two or even a week. Let's go ahead and dive into some more. As a caregiver, and this is Askarini that asks, as a caregiver, I sometimes get drowned into the client's negativity. So what is the easiest and effective way, most effective way to handle this situation? That's an interesting question. I'd love your opinion on that.
1: Assalamualaikum. Alaikum, how are you? I, I know her. Um, <laughs> Amazing,
0: awesome. Uh, dear
1: sister from uh, Indonesia. So, you know, since that is your profession, I I recommend that you go in with um, what I call reinforcement. So, you know, come in with your force field, right? It's great to have a deep listening ear, but, you know, kind of, sh- not kind of, shield your heart from the people, right? Um, it sounds you may also be an empath, so, you may feel them more than more deeply than other people. So it's really important that in that case, um, before you go to work or you start working with people, you fill yourself up with what I call a love bubble and whatever that is for you, that, that fills you up and makes you full so that you're impenetrable and that you can um, when people start Dumping, right? Doing their emotional dumping. <laughs> then which you can. We know can people t- love to do. <laughs> people, they love it. They love it, right? So then you yeah. can come from a place of unconditional love, which is different from um, loving someone, and um, and that there creates a distance. Kind of exactly w- how you know what is is what is it that you're seeking? You know. Turn on your logical mind. What is it that you're seeking, and listen deeply from that perspective,
0: right? And and you're mentioning something powerful, uh, and and we talked about it a little a little bit earlier on in the podcast. And it's filling your cup. The the importance of filling your cup to be able to handle these type of situations. If you're Coming into work and you haven't filled your cup, and we're not talking about your cup of coffee right now. We're talking about your emotional cup, the metaphorical one inside of you. Whether it's taking the time uh, to hug your children and and get that love from them, or your spouse, or just taking the time for yourself. If you know there's nothing wrong with being uh, a single person and just taking the time to go to the gym or something that fills you up. And and for a, a large part of my life, going to the gym was that for me. Um, and then once you do that you're going to be so much more well equipped to tackle the day and anything that might come at you inshallah so powerful answer there and definitely something that i agree with let's do a few more we have so many in the comments so with your permission cordial we'll go ahead and dive through as many as we can let me go <coughs> for if, if we're if we're taking too much time um so we have one more here how do you teach people emotional intelligence i find that people connect better when they get this with each other and it can avoid a lot of pain. Instead, cultivate love, which all humans thrive with. So how do you teach people emotional intelligence? It's an interesting question.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's basically what, I, what I've what i been saying most often. And when you're self-aware and understand your emotions, you lean into them and you, you understand how you process them, you're curious about them you see it as an opportunity you see it as a lesson it it becomes uh easy to to radiate that you know when you work with other people so that's basically my process mm-hmm. get curious it's not a curse to feel don't numb don't avoid don't ignore um the the first thing i encourage you to get in tune with i mentioned briefly about energy centers right and this is like documented especially like in the unani tib which i didn't really talk about tib it's the islamic practice of medicine and you may lightly know of it of you know just one of the things we know is the um using food as medicine but you can feel whatever you're feeling in your body when the emotion comes you know, for you, what that means. So, um, I teach people to be aware of where they're feeling what in their body. Um, it's also called triggers when you come to like um, what vocabulary, what words people use, and it, and you have some kind of physical response to that. Um, just being aware with those things, and then you'll once you're in the knowing of the pattern of how your body behaves with certain words, certain situations, or even certain people (laughs) around you, then uh, you are better prepared to, to know how to respond uh, instead of react.
0: I completely agree. And and something that I also want to add on to that is the importance of, approaching that kind of situation where you want to connect better with people and you want to again as you mentioned avoid lots of pain and cultivate love the ability of demonstrating genuine interests in others will allow them will allow them to react differently to you and so as you mentioned Cordelia, we can't control others you can't really teach someone else something not in a quick interaction but you can at least control how you approach the situation and if we approach it with from a standpoint of genuine interest and curiosity in the other a person, a genuine level of caring, then that usually results in them uh, returning uh, the same to us. Um, and also just feeling better about their interaction with us and being more open as well, which leads to better friendships, better relationships all around. I have two more for you, inshallah, and then we'll go ahead and end with that, uh, Cordelia. One is a question that I think you would uh, be perfect to answer, and it's, that person is asking about new Muslims. I remember I often had schizophrenia emotions in the beginning as a new Muslim and I'm still coming it still comes up on special occasions. What would you recommend to a person who just reverted? You mentioned when you just reverted as well, you were dealing with certain uh, emotional issues or anxieties and you had to overcome that as well. So, what would you recommend for uh, this person right here?
1: Okay, so when you say schizophrenia, first of all, I don't know if that's like something that's actually been diagnosed. So, okay. you know, whatever the doctor has prescribed for that, you deal with that in that way, but um, on for like a, a regular emotional level, be kind to yourself, right? So Islam is a mercy to mankind. It's not a burden to mankind. So um <laughs> what I'm gonna say next is why I'm laughing. Um, you're going to hear a lot of things from a lot of people from a lot of different cultures <laughs> at the masjid, yeah. and um, don't listen to them. Whatever you read, you know, in the Quran or whatever books you were studying that encourage you to become Muslim, that's the truth. Okay. And um, you're not, you're supposed to be pleasing Allah. So, you know, not people.
0: That's that's, a, that's an effective way to do it. And I think that's probably what this person needed to hear for most reverts because they get into this and I think it's something that us Muslims need to work on a little bit more is we get so excited and we're like, oh, okay, here, read this and do that and, and go ahead and follow this and we want to make sure that they do everything that we're doing. Uh, but I think an important part of that is to understand that that person just entered into a whole new world and they need to take some time to get acclimated and there's nothing wrong with, as you mentioned earlier, there's nothing in the podcast, there's nothing wrong with feeling depression, feeling stress, feeling anxiety, whether you're Muslim or not, these are human emotions and they will come up. Uh, Islam doesn't shield you magically from feeling. You're going to feel all sorts of things uh, and hopefully for the better, but hopefully it will also allow you to deal with them in a more proactive way, in a more positive way and give you a sense of peace when you connect to God, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So thank you for that answer. Uh, We'll dive into one more. Uh, Let's go ahead and let's do here so this is a good one that i want to ask for you and for all those that i couldn't ask cordelia inshallah what i'll have her do is go through the comments for all the other ones Uh, and if you could just take a minute to answer them on your own time just because i don't want to keep you on for too long um and we want to make sure that arlene gets her popsicle and she's happy so (laughs) how, how do you teach adult how do you teach girls or adult females who had childhood abandonment from their fathers to be emotionally stable when they go into a relationship with another man. I think that's an amazing question. So I wanted to make sure to ask that to you.
1: Hmm. So abandon,
0: abandonment issues, daddy issues, as they say in the common term.
1: <laughs> right, daddy issues. You know, the, the the main thing that comes up for me is if you have unresolved abandonment issues, question whether or not you're ready to get married. Um, and then, when you're seeking a spouse, um, you you—it's really super important that you vet him carefully. Um, I'm I'm laughing again because what I'd like to do for my daughters is I'm going to get the psychological profile of his family. I'm not even <laughs> well, I'm not even kidding because I'm convinced that something happened between 1965 and 1980 to all the men because there's a high. Percentage of narcissists out there, and Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a high possibility that um, if you have abandonment issues with your father, that you're going to be codependent, which is going to give you a very unsuccessful marriage and a very unhappy life. So I'm not even joking. I would straight up get a psychological profile on his family, and if he has a problem with that, then he's not the one for you, Um, and. But, just on a personal level for yourself, be sure that you're in a heart space and a mind space to be in a relationship. because like marriage is, um, you know, ideally, inshallah, it's for a lifetime. So you want to make sure that you're you're partnered up with someone who can um, can be the whole person next to your whole person, which mm-hmm. means that you have to be a whole person in order to get married. So if you don't feel whole, don't get married. That's what I would say.
0: 100%, a lot of people kind of feel that, oh, they might have a, like a sort of emptiness inside and they they usually jump, uh, we can see them, they jump from relationship to relationship and they don't like to be alone. And I think these are the people that most need to take the time to be alone, to be able to understand how can I be alone and still be happy within myself before I join up with someone else. So thank you for that answer. Um, I know I said it was the last question, but I have another last one that is so good. Let
1: me check my clock. It's okay, so we're, we're, no, no, I have okay, something awesome. at noon, so.
0: All right, awesome. So this is the very <laughs> last one, inshallah, guys. You better give Cordelia a shout out and a thank you, for taking her time to spend with us today, guys. And it's just because this is such a good question that I want answered on this live. And we'll end with that, inshallah, which is, uh, Riz has a question, which is, she's heard that women carry trauma around their womb. So pregnant women, and that can cause issues with hormones and reproductions. What are your thoughts? Again, this might be a more medical question, but I'd love to get your opinion on that.
1: So it's it's not, it, it's not really that much of a medical question. Although, um, you know, the research that Dr. John Sarno did, uh, he, he does um, look into chronic pain and a lot of the patients that he study are women. And um, so, there is, you know, like a disassociation sometimes um, if there was something traumatic that happened. And um, women can hold things in that space. And that's why I was mentioning earlier, this is a good reason why women should move into their bodies and especially the hip area. Mm -hmm. Um, When one of the things that I learned... Uh, during, I I can't, I actually wrote a book about pregnancy that I have copyrighted, but I've never released it. But in that book, I talk a lot about, um, the importance of moving the wound space during pregnancy. And even, um, I, I have a section there talking about conception. So if you have issues with conception, that is a great way to release it. So, um,
0: Out of your body and into your uh, out of your mind and into your body. What we spoke about. So, do you think in terms of? And you mentioned something your hip space. So, depending on where you're kind of feeling that tension in your body, is that should you put focus more movement on that specific area? So, let's say in your chest, should you kind of move your chest a little bit more? If it's as you mentioned, if you're pregnant and it's in your hips, should you move that a little bit more? Does that affect as well? So,
1: I mean, even preconception. I actually met a friend um, in Australia who came up with uh, something called embody birth. Um, at the time I met her, it was called belly dancing for birth. She's a Palestinian background and she really goes through all the things that you need to release that trauma, um, from that wound space area. So, um, yeah, I would say look into embody birth. If you're seeking to conceive or you're currently pregnant, um, or you're looking for ways to release, um, trauma and that area and then you know is she she even now like has developed her body of work um to more address hormones and reproduction and everything so that that would be a really great resource um if you have more questions about that
0: amazing thank you so much for that um and for taking the time to answer that question cordelia so Before we end, how can people connect with you? So a lot of the audience here seems like they just absolutely loved the episode. And I know I did too, just based on the number of questions and engagement that we have. So I know everyone loved this. How can people get to connect with you more and follow you and take some of your content, maybe even work with you? Where should they go?
1: Yeah, it's like, I make it super easy. So my website is my name, CordeliaGafar.com. I hang out mostly on um LinkedIn. I kind of put my fun stuff on Instagram and then, you know, I'm here on Facebook also under my name, my, my favorite place to hang out with women. I've created a free Facebook group called Re- the replenish me group. Amazing. Um, so if you're, if you're, um, th- cause I think there's another replenish me something, but it's uh replenish me and you'll see my name in brackets. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. So inshallah, I will be putting the links to all of that in the description, guys, and in the comments. So the link to her group, the link to her website, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and all that good stuff. So make sure that you just revisit this episode for all the links. Cordelia, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Jazakallah khair. I believe that we touched on so many powerful topics in this episode, and it was absolutely value-packed. And I just want to take the time to truly thank you from the bottom of my heart on behalf of my audience and our viewers as well for taking the time to answer our questions, to share some of your knowledge, and just to spend time with us today. So thank you very much.
1: You're very welcome, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I love your group, I love what you're doing, and um, it's a really great energy here. So does that click here?
0: it's our pleasure guys if you want to watch these podcasts every week live inside of our facebook group okay with the link is in the description if you're on youtube if you're in facebook and you're watching this then you're already part of it every tuesday inshallah we go live with a special guest tune in next week and if you want to listen on audio make sure to check out spotify youtube apple podcast google podcast all that good stuff inshallah we'll see you next episode next week assalamualaikum